Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Jesus, you are so good, God. You are so wonderful. You are so lovely, God. We just thank you, Lord, that you know the end from the beginning. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord. You are full of just good thoughts toward us, just uh, a good heart towards us. I thank you that you are always in a good mood about us, Jesus. And we just thank you. We just thank you for your presence and worship this morning, God, and even just right now, just your sweet presence. We just give you so all the glory, all the glory, Jesus. We just thank you for who you are, God. We just pray for your anointing, Lord to go forth, God. Um, And I thank you, Lord, that lives are going to change today. God, that destinies are changing today. I thank you that family lines are changing today. I thank you that marriages are being healed today. I thank you, Jesus, that this is going to be a marker day when things turn around between parents and children. I thank you, Jesus, for um, relationships around us being strengthened. I thank you, God, that you are increasing our emotional and physical health, God. And I just thank you so much for what you're doing um, by your spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Um, Well, this is the start of our relationship series. So it's going to be so good. Um, And we're going to be doing this series probably for for quite a while. Um, Now, sometimes people uh, hear something like that and it's like, oh, is that super spiritual? Is that, you know, powerful? And I'm I'm here to tell you yes and amen. It is. It's very much needed. Um, We are all about revival. We're all about God's presence. We want to see this movement, but we want to see a movement that's not a flash in the pan. We want to see a movement that is a thousand year revival where people are encountering the Lord, amen, where it's sustainable, where we have families living and growing and thriving and being a beacon of light to those in the world where it's like, oh my gosh, look at them. They love so well that we have something that's so attractive to offer to the world. Um, Not our Jesus, but Jesus says that we're to go forth and make disciples in the world, amen. Let's read that scripture, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So when we make disciples of all the world, we're supposed to teach them all that Jesus commanded us. So we should probably look up what did Jesus command us, right? So what did he command us? It says, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay? So we're to disciple people, and we're supposed to teach them how to love one another. The same way Jesus has loved us is how we want to teach people to love one another. Amen? John 13, 35 says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples. Okay, Um, how will we know that we are his disciples when we have perfect theology? Nope. When we refrain from stuff? Nope. Uh, When we memorize a bunch of scriptures? Nope. They will know that we are disciples when we share those Facebook posts that say we're not ashamed of Jesus if we share this post. (laughs) 
<laughs> nope. <laughs> the scripture says, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, so discipleship is teaching people to love and to love well. I'm here to tell you, love never fails. Love is a weapon, it is warfare, and it is really, really powerful. We want to be known for our love, amen? Tell your neighbor, I wanna be known for love. <laughs> so we know that we should love, but no one ever really talks about how to love well. Okay, so it's not like I want to attain to feel this loving feeling for someone. If I could just feel this loving feeling, then I'm loving. No, we want to do it with skill. We want to do it with action. We want people to feel and know how loved they are by us. Amen? All right. Uh, awesome. So today's message is life-changing. It is if you want to become a relationship ninja, then pay attention, okay? This is a game changer. If you grab a hold of this and you really practice and you really work at it, it's going to transform your marriage. It's gonna transform how you relate to your kids. It's gonna transform the relationships around you. It really is loving people really, really well, okay? Um, if you really grab onto this, you will also improve your health and your mental well-being as well. So what the heck is she going to talk about today? Our health, our mental health, our kids, everything. All right, so let's talk about the shortest Bible verse in the whole Bible. Does anyone know what that verse is? Jesus wept, okay? It's John, I believe it's John 11.35. Is that right? Someone quiz me on it. <laughs> John 11.35, Jesus wept, okay? So for those of you that maybe don't remember, the circumstances is... Uh, they asked for Jesus to come and heal Lazarus, and Jesus didn't come on time according to their timing. And when he showed up, Lazarus had already been dead and in the tomb for four days, okay? So Jesus comes on the scene. There's this accusation brought to him, if you were here, then he would still be alive. Kind of like, where were you kind of thing? And then again, Mary comes up, and she's just like, oh, I'm distraught, and she's crying and weeping, and everyone's crying and weeping. And then we see the verse that he was troubled in his spirit. He was deeply moved in his spirit. And then we see the verse, Jesus wept. Now, why would Jesus weep? Did he not know that Lazarus was about to be alive in probably T minus five minutes from that moment? Did he know that? He's omniscient, yes. So he knew, okay. Some people have proposed it's because he was so disappointed in their faith. How dare they cry over their brother? If they would have had more faith, it just made him cry. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm looking for that interpretation in there and I'm not seeing that. It says that his, his spirit was deeply moved. It said that his spirit was troubled inside of him, like almost like troubled water, okay? And then he goes and weeps. What, what sense does that make? What purpose does that serve? What is the point of him weeping when he's about to lift him up from the dead? Wouldn't it make more sense for him to be like, stop crying. I'm about to wake him up, you guys. Like, why doesn't he do that? Just like, oh, this, your tears are illogical. I'm here. I'm going to raise him from the dead. Watch this. Watch this. <laughs> but he doesn't, right? He weeps. He weeps. It's, it's really mysterious and puzzling, okay? So what is Jesus doing? Jesus is showing empathy. Somebody say empathy. Empathy is one of the most powerful relationship 
I, I hate to call it a tool because it's really just about being a human being. <laughs> empathy is, is connecting. Empathy is huge, important. It's powerful. It's part of this human experience is to, is to feel what other people are feeling. Um, so the empathy definition is the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experiences of another either something in their past, their present, without them having to fully communicate to you explicitly what it is that they're feeling. So in other words, to feel the feelings of others. So why does Jesus weep? Because he's feeling the pain of the moment. He's processing with them. He's like, oh, they just, in their, in their eyes, they've just lost their brother. They're in pain. They were wishing that I came and this is really a hard moment for them. And he steps into that and he empathizes with them. That is the beautiful thing about our king. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he, he feels with us. There's never a moment that he looks and he's just like, oh gosh, come on, can you just get over that? So like, this is ridiculous. Like, come on, I'm the savior of the world. Hello, you know. He's very kind. He's very kind with his heart towards us. Isaiah 63, nine says, in all our afflictions, he was afflicted. So everything that you've ever been through, any affliction that you've had, any pain that you've gone through, he has felt that with you. He's not looking down from heaven going, oh, poor you, pity, pity, pity party. No, he's feeling it with you. His heart was wrenched when your heart was wrenched. When you went through that disease and you were in pain and you didn't know what was up or down, he was with you in it. He was feeling it with you. He's someone who relates to you. He's someone who fully understands you and he knows and understands because he has walked this as a human as well. Amen? He's fully God, fully man. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now it doesn't say act joyful around people who are rejoicing. Like, oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> and it doesn't say just be sad and weep over those that are weeping. It doesn't say to just like, oh, just shed a tear for them because they're over there weeping. No, it's like get in there with them and weep with them. Feel what they're feeling. Get in their joy and rejoice with them. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. We've been praying for this forever and I'm gonna jump into this joy and we're gonna feel joy together. That's one of the most powerful things about community, one of the most powerful things about the church that he says that the gates of hell will not prevail against is that we have strength when we process together, when we weep together, when we, when we uh, rejoice together, when we have empathy for one another. Amen? Amen. Now, that actually is a verse, it's like a simple verse that we say really quickly, but it's more challenging than you would think. It's more challenging to do that because it's not asking us to act or to say words. It's asking us to actually engage our heart, to access our own heart and step into pain with somebody to access our own heart and step into joy with someone. It actually requires something of us emotionally. Amen? All right. Uh, Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember those in prison as though in prison with them. Like, oh, I pray for them. Jesus, help them. Just like, no, like as if you're in prison with them. Jesus, be with them. Jesus, like reach out to them. They must feel so lonely right now. They must feel completely hopeless. God, meet them where they're at. Like step into their heart and their feelings. And that's where you see power in prayer. It's like the, the, the fervent, effective prayers of the righteous avail much. Amen? All right. 
So let's talk about emotions. <laughs> Some of you might be thinking, I don't have them. <laughs> I'm a robot. I have said that myself. I'm very logically driven, and I felt like Data the robot. Anyone Star Trekkies? I felt like Data the robot. I'm just like, I am a robot, and I'm trying to act human around everyone. And I would get really awkward if someone would start to cry. I'd be like, oh, they're there. You know, I don't know what to do with you when you're crying. You know, that was very uncomfortable for me for a long time. I had my emotions shoved way, way down. I didn't really have a grid for what to do with them. And it seemed very spiritual, and it seemed very wise to just shove them down all the time. Now, the other thing about Christians who shove their emotions down all the time is that it can look really good on the outside. It can look like, look at how well I'm performing. Nothing ever bothers me, and I'm able to function and impress everybody, and I'm shoving all my emotions down, right? And then people celebrate that, and they clap for it. And then we don't really know what's going on on the inside of people. And then people are coming in and out the doors of a church with the same problems that they've had for decades— and we don't see people get healed and set free. There needs to be a place where people can come and be themselves, take their masks off, and share their hearts, share their feelings with one another. Amen? Amen. All right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so uh, what do we do with our emotions? Some people will tell you, master them. You must master your emotions. You must control them. Control them. Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> Sorry for the Frozen reference. I probably just put that song in a bunch of your heads. But um, yeah, so that's sometimes what we tell people, okay? Uh, master your emotions. You don't, don't be controlled, you know. Uh, don't be controlled by your emotions. Absolutely, we should not be controlled by our emotions. I'm sure you've heard this before. They're like children in your car. You don't want to stuff them in the trunk, but you don't want them driving the car either. But you do need to have access to them. They do need to be in the car with you. You need to be aware of what's going on. All right. So um, I refer to emotions as a beach ball a lot of the time. Okay. If you have ever tried to submerge a beach ball under the water when you're in a pool, how long does that last? <laughs> Seconds. And then what happens if you just kind of, if your hand slips a little bit, what's going to happen? Bawoosh! <laughs> and it splashes and it's messy and it gets everywhere. I'm here to tell you, you cannot hold your emotions down forever. I'm so sorry. Like, bad news? You can't. I tried. I, I tried really, really good and hard, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's going to come splashing out at some point. And if it's not splashing out on other people, it's going to splash out on you. It's going to take a toll on your body. It's going to take a toll on your mental health. And Jesus never told us to live this way. He says, walk in the light. Walking in the light means walking as your true self in the light. Amen. He never intended us to walk around like data Christians. Nothing ever bothers me. Nothing ever bothers me. Amen. Is this hitting home for anybody? <laughs> All right. So if we're not supposed to shove them down, what are we supposed to do with our emotions? Okay. We are supposed to express them. We're supposed to process them with Jesus and process them with people. Now, it might sound like I'm contradicting some of the things that we've talked about with declarations and Wendy Backlund and Steve Backlund and stuff like that. It is actually not at all. Um, what we want to do is we want to process, we want to express that. Then we're going to change our declaration. We're not going to let it run the show, okay? We are going to make faith declarations. We're going to see what thoughts am I thinking that are causing that emotion but we also don't want to err on the side of every time I have a feeling I'm trying to cast it out 
<laughs> Amen. Like there, there are some feelings that are meant to be there and are healthy, like grief, for example. You know, it's, it's not healthy to push that off all the time. Amen. You have to process that. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Amen. So it's like if you want to be comforted, we have to mourn. Amen. All right. Depression is actually not sadness. Depression is the inability to feel anything. It's the suppression of emotions. Okay. So, so again, I'm, I'm sharing a lot of bad news this morning. <laughs> it's bad news, but it's because there's a lot of good news. Um, you cannot selectively numb emotions. If you numb pain, you numb joy, you numb excitement. There's no way around it. If, if you're going to numb, it numbs everything. Amen? All right. Um, I had a moment um, that was just really difficult, and that's, that's the thing. As a pastor, at any given moment, you've, you've got tons of people that are on the mountaintop. You've got tons of people that are in their darkest valley um, at any given moment. And like at any given phone call, any given text message, it's like it's up here or it's way down here. And that's just kind of how it is. So there was this uh, particular season um, where I went over to someone's house to weep with those who weep uh, because they had just lost their daughter. And so I'm, I'm there and I'm like, Phew. you know, sometimes it's hard to do grief with people because it takes you stepping into their world and imagining what it is that they're going through. And sometimes we don't want to imagine that. It's uncomfortable. It's like, I don't want to think about the thought of one of my kids passing away. And so it's like, it becomes this uncomfortable thing, but it's like, it's so powerful if you can sit in pain with somebody. And so I'm sitting in there with them. I'm, I'm weeping with them. And, um, and I, I just have this afternoon of that. And then I get home and I believe this was a Saturday. So it's like church is the next day. And I just like was on the couch, just like spent just like, have you guys ever been there? You're just like emotionally spent. I felt physically spent. My kids are around me buzzing and you know, and I'm just like, oh man, I would love to engage with them. I would love to put a smile on my face, but it's just not working. But I started to feel like something was wrong with me. I was just like, Jesus, why am I so like heavy right now? What is happening? And I go and I pray and I'm like, God, can I just like help me to just snap out of this? Can you just help me to just like, I want to jump on the floor and, and dance around with my kids and put a smile on my face. And so the Lord answers me. I'm like, what's wrong with me, God? And he answers me, you're not a psychopath. Um, psychopaths, and I'm not trying to be derogatory towards you know, people that struggle with mental health, but psychopaths typically are characterized by an inability to feel, an inability to empathize with someone else, okay? So why is it that we try to attain to not feeling things? Because there's a word for that, amen? And God is like, it would be a worse problem if you were able to snap out of that, jump around with your kids and act like nothing happened, because there are appropriate emotions to feel. Amen? This might be uncomfortable. So why do we need to process emotions? Humans connect through core emotions. Can you imagine actually connecting with someone and there's no emotions involved? Would you feel very connected? <laughs> not at all. We connect through core emotions. Um, your brain does not know the difference between physical pain and emotional pain, and your brain and body have the same responses, okay? Your brain also does not know the difference between something that is happening right now and something that happened way back then that was really painful, 
So if you have not processed that with Jesus or processed that with people, every time you think about that, your body is having that reaction every time, okay? And then what happens is when we don't process emotions well, our cortisol level spikes, Okay, what is cortisol? It's a stress hormone, okay? When cortisol spikes in our body, your body treats it like there's a wolf in the system. It goes on high alert. It's like, take care of the wolf, take care of the wolf, take care of the wolf. So it responds with your immune system as if there's an attack on it, okay? Now, what's the problem if you have that cortisol spike all the time and there's always a wolf in your system? If you have other sicknesses going on that don't seem as, an, as emergent, your body is too busy with that wolf to fight off the other diseases. Amen? So this is something that affects people's physical health. Most diseases, like most even secular science, traces back diseases to an emotional issue. Amen? <laughs> Amen. It's science, y'all. <laughs> so we don't want to send those cortisol spikes all the time. We need to get really good at processing our emotions with Jesus, processing our emotions with safe community. Amen. All right. Um, when you're building your immune system, everyone takes for granted, did you have your vitamin C today? I'm here to tell you, did you have connection today? Did you process emotions today or are you shoving it all down and then popping some vitamin C and vitamin D? I'm telling you, like we need, to, we need to take care of our bodies. God designed us this way on purpose. He designed us to need one another. We were not created for isolation. Amen? Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you push down your own feelings, it will be very difficult to impossible to empathize with other people. So step number one is gonna be, you know, giving ourselves permission to access our own heart. Amen. All right. So when is it that you have really felt loved? I want you guys to describe to me, what does it feel like to feel fully, completely loved? Raise your hand. Somebody say something. <laughs> somebody. Somebody. <laughs> uh, I felt very, are you going to hold it? Am I going to hold it? You're gonna, okay. um, <laughs> I felt very loved when you made Pauline all that food. I felt very loved. She made a friend of mine was had struggling with cancer and Joy had made like, I mean, tons of food that was like all organic and all healthy and everything. And it wasn't even for me, but she was loving someone that I loved so much. And I literally started crying and it felt very loved. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. I love pee. I was getting pee vibes this morning during worship. Um, yeah. So what, what is it that you want to experience when someone is loving you really, really well? What does that feel like? What do people need when they feel? Yeah. Shout it out. Attention. Yes. What were you going to say? When, when you're really, really bad and they still love you? Oh, when you blow it really bad. Yes. Yes. Someone who loves me at my worst. When I blow it, I'm triggered, I'm jacked up, and they love me anyway. That's awesome. That's like Jesus love right there. Anybody else? Freedom to be vulnerable. Yes. Oh, what else? To be heard. Uh-huh. What else? To be known. Yes. To be affirmed. Yes. Affirmed and validated. Yes. What else? To be wanted. Yes. What else? How about safety? Mm-hmm. How about belonging? 
Yeah. Part of safety is not feeling judged. Amen. To feel like, oh, someone understands me. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Someone gets me. Amen. Anything else? That's what we want people to feel. Empathy is what builds that in relationships. Empathy creates safe place. It's very loving. Invalidation is the opposite. Invalidation brings disconnection, resentment, shutdown, shame, and aloneness. So we want to come and bring that empathy. Um, trust me, we're going to get there, and you're going to, sometimes this is better caught than taught. We're going to give some examples, and you're going to start to feel what it is that I'm talking about. It took a long time for me to understand the importance of empathy because of the way I'm wired, because I'm so logic-driven. I would try to logic people out of their feelings all the time. And let me tell you, if it were possible, I would have accomplished it. I've got like many, many decades under my belt of trying to logic people out of their feelings, and it just does not work. Um, you have no influence over someone unless they know that you care. You have no influence over someone unless they know that you care, okay? Um, someone say the word relational equity. Relational equity is how much do you have invested into this relationship that you're able to bring a correction, that you're able to bring like a redirection or whatever. Relational equity is really, really important. And if you are trying to build relational equity with someone, which we all should be, um, empathy is a great way to build relational equity with people. Okay. The other beautiful thing about empathy is that it is non-polarizing. It is non-polarizing. Does anybody know of any issues these days that you find people polarized? Anybody? <laughs> any issues? Are there, it's like, it's just a couple issues, like a few things? Yeah, just a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a couple things. So a lot of times what it boils down to is like, and, and I, I, I agree, like there's like maybe 10% that's, that's pretty high. Maybe 10% of the entire population has actual evil intentions. But I would say 90% have good intentions, right? They are maybe misled, maybe under deception whatsoever, you know. Um, but what happens is this person over here, I'm a good person and I want to do good things and I want to help the world. I'm a good person and I want to do different good things and I want to help the world. But why don't you want to do the good things that I want to do? You must be a bad person. Uh, I don't want to do the things you want to do, so you must be a bad person or you must be a stupid person. Well, uh, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. Well, you're bad. No, you're bad. And that sums up many, many, many issues, okay? Now, I understand that there are deeper things here that are going on. I understand that there's times that there is an evil agenda behind things, but I'm here to tell you that this brings no influence to anybody. What I'm here to tell you is if one of these people could empathize with the other one and say, wow, you have such a good heart. I love that you want to help people in that way. That is so beautiful. That's so amazing. I can, I can totally see and understand why you would want to jump in there and help like that or vice versa. I can totally understand why you would want to help people like this, right? I'm going to call out gold in you. I'm going to understand where it is that you're coming from. Now I actually might have a place of influence for them to hear what it is that I have to say. Amen? All right. Someone say, this is grown-up talk. <laughs> All right. 
Specifically, when someone we are close to is having emotions, we want to help them express them in healthy ways. Why? Because we want their cortisol levels coming down. Why? Because we want them to learn how to express their emotions, because we want them to feel safe, because we want to build connection with them. Amen? So when someone we're close to is having emotions, we want to help them express them in healthy ways. Now, here's the problem. People's emotions scare us. Has anyone ever been scared of someone else's emotions? I've got both my hands up, okay? Sometimes people's emotions scare us. Sometimes they have to do with us or something we did. Oh, no. Yikes. I might have to take a look at something inside of me. For some people, if someone starts crying, we kind of don't know what to do, so we just get really awkward. I was, I was known for just like, oh, they're crying. Where's, where's the nearest compassion and mercy person? Can you go, go and hug them, right? Because I felt ill-equipped to do that. Okay, Um, so what do we do? We end up trying to talk them out of their feelings. Buck up, it's not that bad. We quote a scripture at them. We tell them someone else has it worse than them. We try to logic them out of their feelings or we try to fix it, okay? So so I'm gonna give you an example, okay? There was a time, it was at the beginning of high school for Tia, and she came home one day, and she's bawling, and she's like, Mom, everybody at school hates me, and it's because this one girl is spreading rumors about me, and she used to be my friend, right? What are the temptations as parents? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) there's the fixer right there. (laughs) What's her name? Where does she live? I'm gone, (laughs) right? Out the door and she's still sitting there in her emotions. She's like, oh man, mom just made it worse, right? Okay, what else is our temptation? That's ridiculous. Everybody in the school does not hate you. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, people love you, right? Is that, is, that, is that helping her situation? Does she feel understood by that? No. Um, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> is it true? Absolutely. Okay. Not the time. <laughs> oh, please. I was physically abused by bullies at your age. That is nothing. Invalidation. Okay. You know what? Let's go out for ice cream. <laughs> Anyone ever done? I've done all these. (laughs) Don't be sad. You're so amazing, right? Buck up. Tomorrow's a new day, right? Now, not all of those things are bad, okay? But all of those things are an effort to try and stop the emotion. Stop crying. Just stop, stop, stop. And sometimes I can't handle your crying, right? I don't know what to do with you. Just stop, just stop, 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 stop. And we identify the problem as the crying, But that's actually not the problem. The problem is that she feels alone. The problem is that she doesn't know if her feelings are okay or if she's stupid or if she actually is worth hating. She doesn't know that she belongs somewhere. She's feeling uh, alone and scared and betrayed and rejected, right? So any of those solutions is actually not helping her problem and is not making her feel safe. Now, if any of you has ever had a teenager that has said something like that, and then you say something like, but you're so amazing, and they storm off upstairs and slam their door, and you're like, what did I say? (laughs) I'm telling you that it's probably something to do in the area where they felt invalidated, where their emotion just felt, no, you just don't understand me. Storm off, right? Um, Okay, so... (laughs) Some of those statements are not bad. Maybe they should come later, but none of those statements are first responders. 
None of them are first responders. So imagine you get in a car accident and you're bleeding and you're trying to be pulled out of your car. Do you want the first responder to come and be like, I'm here with you. It's going to be okay. I'm here. I get it. I understand. Help is on the way. Or do you want the guy coming up to you saying, you shouldn't have had your phone on during that and your car flipped three times because you got to turn into the spin next time. Do you want that, that person? <laughs> Do you want the advice giver? No, okay? So here's what happens. It's like when you go, uh, imagine going to the eye doctor, okay? And you, got, you guys know the eye chart at the back of the room, okay? Now imagine the room is filled with smoke, just filled, billowing smoke. And you're like, hey, read, read the, the top line back there. It's just like, I can't see it. There's, there's, there's smoke in the way. Yeah, we'll clear the smoke out once you, once you see the thing. So read the thing. It's like, you can't see it because there's smoke in the room. It's the same with feelings. It's the same with emotions. When someone is experiencing big, deep, high-level triggered emotions, they are not capable of seeing straight. They're not capable of processing logically in that moment. And so we get to come in that moment and offer the love of Jesus when we're at our worst and sit in there with them, okay? Now, it's going to sound counterintuitive because this, this is what I would actually do, and this is what I did. Oh my gosh, Tia, that feels so painful. Wow, you must really feel betrayed right now. Wow, I would feel so alone if I was you. Like, that's, that's so hurtful, and especially because you are such a loyal friend, to have your good friend then turn on you and go and spread rumors about you, like, that is so painful. Like, that's, that's like a betrayal right there. That's really, really, really difficult. I'm so sorry you're going through this. Now, I know what you're thinking. Isn't that going to make her cry more? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is, because we're clearing the smoke out. Tell me more. Is there anything else that you're feeling? We're clearing the smoke out of the room. Once the smoke is out of the room and she feels heard and she feels safe and she feels loved by me, now I can come in and be like, you know what? Like, that sounds really huge when you say like, everybody in the school hates me. Like, that's, that sounds like a really big emotion and I get that. That makes a lot of sense that it would feel that big. But do you think that it's actually true that every single person in the school hates you? Well, no. Okay, so maybe is there a lie there that we just need to laugh at? And we just kind of gently start taking those things. But the smoke is now out of the room. Does this make sense? Amen. I'm telling you, if you grab onto this, it's transformational. I'm telling you. Okay. So here's a tougher example. <laughs> and this, this one happened to me. Years ago, um, when I was leading a choir somewhere else, um, a lady in the choir, um, I was sitting down um, having lunch with her, and we're talking, just kind of having a normal conversation, and then finally, she drops this bomb, and she goes, you know what? You refuse to say hi to me. You walked right by me, and you walk by, right by me every single time, and you say hi to everyone else but me, and you do it on purpose, and I don't understand why you don't like me. It's really hurtful to be rejected by you like that. Now, why is this situation harder? Because I, it was like, it's directed at me. Oh, it makes me want to defend myself. 
right? It's, yeah, it's a hard, it's a brave conversation. I'm changing it from brave conversation to healthy conversation because I think sometimes when we say brave conversation, then everyone gets like, into, oh, I have to be so brave. This is going to be so hard. So the difficult thing about this situation is that it caused me to want to defend myself, right? Now, this is the beauty about knowing who you are in Christ is that my identity is not in question, My identity is between me and Jesus, and it makes you so powerful to love people well when you finally don't have to prove to people who you are. Okay, now how many of you know I did not do that to her? I had zero intention of doing that, right? But her feelings are very, very real. There's smoke in the room, right? And so the temptation is like, oh my gosh, that is ridiculous. I would never, how dare you think that I would do that? What do you think of me? And now we're polarized and now we're, we're adversarial, right? No, it's just like, no, I actually know who I am, okay? So this is, this is the, the empathetic response. Oh my gosh, that sounds so painful. Like if, if I had a leader, especially a leader, just decide they didn't like me and just reject me and like walk by me every single time and choose to show me that they don't like me by not saying hi, that would be so incredibly painful. I am so sorry that you have been experiencing that level of pain and rejection. That's not okay. I don't want you to feel that. Do you, do you see how that's like, I'm, am I admitting fault in this? Am I telling her, yes, I did this on purpose? No. Right, but I'm stepping into that feeling with her. I'm helping her to feel safe. I'm helping her to clear the room. What else did you feel? How else did that feel? Does that cover it? Right? I'm so sorry you've been feeling that. That's like, oh, you know what? Like, that would be really hard for me too. If a leader just flat out rejected me, I would start wondering what I did wrong. Is that what's been happening for you? I would, start, I would start wondering, like, is there something wrong with me? Did I say something to offend them? Is that what's been happening? Right? And now the smoke is clearing. And then when their heart is ready, I can say, okay, um, when, whenever you're ready, I would love to share what was going on inside of my heart. Um, and uh, you let me know if, if you would like for me to share kind of what's been going on for me. And then that's when I'm able to offer the information. I actually didn't intend to do that, but I can see how, you know, I'm not denying your experience. There might have been times that I walked by and I didn't say hi to you, and I'm so sorry that I missed that. Um, but I just want you to know that I have not singled you out like that. I don't feel that way towards you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a truth teller. I would tell you if I had an issue with you. Um, does this make sense? Do you feel the difference? It's, it's like, um, it's, what's it called? Jiu-jitsu? Is that the one where it's like someone punches you and you pull them closer? <laughs> it's like someone's attacking you and you get to pull them in for a hug. And they're like, whoa, I'm getting loved instead. <laughs> Amen. Do you see how powerful that is? Do you see how powerful that would be in marriage? Do you see how powerful that would be with your kids? Amen. All right. If you are in a conversation with someone and there is not a listener present in this conversation, you have just been promoted. (laughs) If you're in a conversation and someone is in their brainstem and there's triggers happening and there is not a listener present, you have just been promoted. Greater love has no one than this that they lay down their life for their friend. 
Everybody says, oh, babe, I would let a bus hit me for you. I would jump in front of a bus and I would take a bullet for you. But you know what? There aren't too many flying bullets and buses happening at your spouse. (laughs) But can you take 20 seconds to empathize with someone? Can you take 20 seconds to feel what they're feeling and to acknowledge what they're feeling? Greater love has no one than this than to lay down their life for one of their friends. And that is one of the hardest, just like Ty said. It's just like, ooh, can someone love me when I'm at my worst? Now, here's, here's a fun example. A fun example, um, if we could put that picture up on the screen. Um, Daniel and I, um, we love riding roller coasters. And uh, we were at Cedar Point. This was really like at the beginning. <laughs> Cedar Point, anyone? Cedar Point, woo! It's like the whole, like the best roller coaster place in the world. Like it's always featured like on the roller coaster travel, whatever, whatever. It's awesome. And you, there's like no lines. I'm totally doing a commercial now. There's no lines for the roller coasters. There's so many. Um, so this right there is called, it's called the Power Tower. Okay. And um, Daniel and I, I think we were like maybe in our 20s. 20, probably just turned 20, the first time we went, and we're lovey-dovey, and we're like honeymoony, and just like, oh, I love you, no, I love you, no, you hang up, no, you hang up, and we just like love each other, (laughs) and we like hadn't really had an argument too much by that time, and um, we're just like la-la-la-la-la, you know, traveling through this thing, and just so happy and excited, so then we get on this sucker, and (laughs) the thing shoots you up literally 240 feet in the air. Okay. Now all of a sudden, at 240 feet in the air, my character changed. <laughs> Daniel is like, oh, Joy, look at the view. Oh my gosh, you can see the, the, the not the ocean, the, the lake, you know, and I'm just like, shut up, shut up, stop talking to me. Don't talk to me. Just, no, I'm not going to look. I'm going to keep my And he's just like, so he's laughing and having fun. And he's just like, oh, he's like, is this hard for you? Oh my gosh. Like, are these buckles strong enough to hold us in? And I'm like, shut up. Right? What changed my character? 240 feet is what changed my character in that moment. Would I ever speak to him like that down on the ground? Probably not. Okay? But what took, what took me to that level in my character? Extreme amount of fear. Amen? If you are experiencing an extreme amount of fear, you are not at your best. Right? Now, how many of you don't have triggers? <laughs> She's lying in church. She's up here lying in the front row. Miss Inner Healing says, I don't have a trigger. Right. Okay. (laughs) Right. Okay. So can we all agree that we all have triggers? Can we all agree that if we hoisted you up 240 feet in the air, you might have a different thing coming out of your mouth, okay? We all have them. We are all human, okay? This is part of our identity in Christ. I know I'm not perfect, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay with the fact that I'm messy. I'm okay with the fact that I make mistakes, okay? So I can actually own them. It, makes, it actually makes me more powerful to own my mistakes when I just embrace I am an imperfect human being, right? I could try and become the high police, you know, trying to counteract what that lady thought. I'm going to make sure, hi, 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 hi. I'm going to say hi to everybody. No, I'm not capable. So rather than strive, I'm just going to believe that I'm going to be able to work it out with people because I'm not perfect. Amen? 
240 feet in the air, everybody acts a little bit different. So this is why I say, if your spouse is at 240 feet in the air, you have just been promoted to the listener in the conversation. You have just been promoted to the the area of empathy. And if you can't, then you can take a time out and be like, I actually don't have grace for this because I'm at 240 feet too. Amen? Now, um, here's an interesting thing um, that they did research on. And sometimes I think researchers are, it just sounds really unethical. But um, imagine, are any of you experiencing fear sitting in your seat right now? I mean, like, I'm sure it's like, oh, I'm concerned about this bill or whatever, whatever. But like low, like not, not much fear happening in your seat, okay? What if I suddenly hoisted your seat up by one foot off the ground? And a little bit more. What if we hoisted you up 20 feet in the air and you're just hanging on to your chair? Probably a pretty high amount of fear. So they've done research and it turns out that lifting someone's chair up 43 feet in the air maxes them out on fear. <laughs> I'm like, can you imagine this experiment? Like how, how cruel is that? They're just like, oh, how about at 42 feet? No, 43, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. <laughs> So uh, people max out at 43 feet in the air in a, in a chair, okay? Then you could lift them 100 feet in the air, and it doesn't matter. They're just as maxed out as when they're at 43 feet, okay? Now, what is the significance of that? You cannot compare pain with people. That's why it doesn't work. When someone is at 50 feet in the air and you're at 100 feet in the air, you can't look at them and say, you should not feel fear. I'm at 100 and you're only at 50, because you're both maxed out on fear, amen? So this is where empathy has to come in because we are not gonna logic people out of their feelings. This is why it doesn't work to say, eat your broccoli because they're starving kids in India. It's like their pain has nothing to do with my pain right now. I don't understand that, right? Empathy is what's needed. All right. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes someone else's fear or emotions makes no sense to us. Actually, a lot of the time, I would say sometimes, for some people, most of the time, their emotions don't make sense to us. Um, let's, let's play that video clip if you guys have that ready. When someone else's feelings don't make sense to us. Right in the park, we saw another family. They had like a five-year-old boy holding a helium balloon. And he accidentally let go of his balloon. The boy started crying. And his parents were like, why are you crying? It's a balloon. We'll get you another one. I'm like, japers, grapers, folks. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think adults try hard enough, you know, to understand what kids are going through. You know, if you wanted to relate to what he's going through, imagine if you took your wallet out and it just started floating away. <laughs> <laughs> why are you acting like that? It's a wallet. We'll get you another one. I want that one! That's what your boy's going through. (laughs) I want that wallet! (laughs) It doesn't always make sense to us, but it it makes sense for them. We want to step into their world. What is it that they're feeling? Okay. Um, The example that I love is um, in the grocery store when I have like my three-year-old, my four-year-old in the grocery cart and we walk by the cereal aisle. How many moms avoid the cereal aisle when you are with your little kids? Um, Because they go crazy. I want 
<laughs> and so there's this day I'm driving by the cereal aisle and I'm like, I'm not stopping, I'm not stopping, I'm just looking down and all outfit is happening. I want cereal, 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 okay? Um, what actually is helpful, most parents will go, we are not, you stop that right now. You, you don't carry on like that. We're not getting cereal today and that's just it. Okay, I don't have time to sit there and empathize with a toddler. I'm telling you, it takes a whole lot shorter of a time. Just go, oh my gosh, cereal! You want cereal! You want cereal so bad! Oh my gosh, look at all the colors! They're so fun, and it's sugary, and it tastes so good, and I'm just driving right past, and we're not even stopping. It's so frustrating! And then it's just like... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but we're actually not going to get cereal right now. We're going to go da 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 And it was just like, it was actually really, really quick, okay? Sometimes when you hear someone on a record that's repeating, it's because they don't feel heard. So you just help them feel heard. It's like, oh my gosh, you want cereal. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Does that make sense? Amen? All right. Now, here's the hardest one of all. Let's see if we can empathize with this one, okay? There's a reason I use this example. (gasps) Aliens showed up at my house last night, and they tried to take out my house and kill all my children, and I know that you called them and sent them there, and I can't believe that you did that. (laughs) Okay, let's empathize with that. There's a reason I use such a ridiculous example. How do you empathize? Okay? Because our logic wants to fight and be like, that is so ridiculous. Like, it is so not true. Like, if I were to step into empathy, I would be in this delusion with them, and I am a truth seeker, and I am not about to step into a delusion. They are being crazy right now. But there's a reason I use this example is because in your conflicts, I'll say it nicely, with your spouse, in your conflicts with your children, you tend to think one another's perspective is crazy. You tend to defend yourself, right? Be like, I did not say that. I didn't say you were fat. I said that dress made you look thick, but I would never say that you were fat. That's ridiculous, right? You're crazy, right? He's never said that, by the way. That's not a real life example, (laughs) right? Do we want to argue logistics or do we want connection back, right? Okay, aliens, you sent them, how dare you? Okay, how do we empathize with that? I'm here to tell you, you actually do this all the time. Every time you go to the movies, how many of you has ever seen a movie that you kind of have to depart with your sense of reality to enjoy the movie? Yes, right? Anyone seen Avengers Infinity War? When all the people start disappearing? I'm like, I'm, I'm, my heart is moved. I'm like, no, Spider-Man, no, <laughs> right? I'm, st- I'm like feeling it's a ridiculous situation. I know that Tom Holland is alive. It's okay, right? But my heart, I'm like, no, he's disappeared. He doesn't want to die. And I don't know what's happening right now, right? I'm empathizing. We all do it. We, that's why we enjoy the movies, right? So I'm going to step in this thing like it's a movie, okay? So now we're going to picture Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds or whatever your alien favorite movie is. Wow, what is this person feeling? I am so sorry. You must be 
terrified right now. Man, if aliens, if aliens actually showed up to my house, I would be terrified. And the thought that like someone that I love is betraying me and called them and sent them to my house, I would not know who to trust. I would be in the, the maximum amount of pain you could experience relationally. Oh my gosh, like I would feel like they don't even care about my kids. Like my kids aren't safe around this person. That would be so incredibly difficult. I am so sorry that you're experiencing that. I don't want you to experience that. Does this make sense? You can step into empathy and love them where they're at, clear the smoke out of the air. Once the smoke is gone, okay, do you want to hear my perspective of what happened with the aliens, right? Now their op- truth receptors are able to receive truth. Amen? This is how we love people well. We're there for each other when each other is triggered. Amen? Because everybody wants to be loved at their worst. Amen? Is there anyone? <laughs> and it's, that's when it's hardest to love well. It's hardest to love well when someone is at their worst. When I'm at 240 feet in the air and I'm screaming at Daniel, he could respond with like, how dare you talk to me like that? How you told me to shut up at 240 feet. No, it's because we're triggered, we understand. Amen. Jesus, help us. All right. So this is how we empathize. We close our eyes and we imagine what the person is describing and we imagine it as if it is 100% true. And we imagine as if it's 100% true with their wiring, with their calling, and with their love languages. And we step into their world, we look around, and we help them to feel understood. And we help them to feel like they're not crazy. And we help them to feel like they belong and that we love them and we're, love, we're not going anywhere. Amen? It's really, really powerful. If this is new to you or if it's difficult for you, I highly recommend closing your eyes. That was a huge step for me. When I closed my eyes, it just really helped me to come out of logic zone and into heart zone to feel what kind of pain people are walking through. Amen? Um, describe what it feels like, call out their wiring, call out the gold in who they are, Um, even call out their love language, help them to feel known and understood, validate anything that you can validate. Wow, man, if I was not saying hi to you specifically, that makes tons of sense that you would be distraught. I get that. Someone say, I get that. It's really, really powerful. This is how you felt. This is how I want you to feel. Um, I'm going to tell you just like a real quick um, tip, and then we're going to close it out. Um, The power of ooh. Everybody say ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you are uh, confronted, and you will be this week, (laughs) with situations where you have an opportunity to be empathetic, especially when someone is coming at you and is triggered, okay? And I'm talking about close loved ones. If someone on the street is triggered and coming at me, I'm going to be like, "Uh, I'm going to call the police. Or, you know what I'm saying? Unless Holy Spirit just really has something there and is giving me grace for it. That's a different story. I'm talking about close relationships, okay? So if someone is triggered and coming at me, Um, Everyone repeat after me, ooh, okay? That gives you time to think and prepare or even close your eyes, okay? Just like, oh, you said this and it just made me feel terrible, da-da-da-da-da. Before you start rising up and wanting to defend yourself, I just want you to say, ooh, ooh, that feels really hard. That's painful, okay? Someone say, that's painful. Someone say, I get that. Someone say, I understand. 
someone say, that makes sense. Really, really, really important. And it needs to come from a real place. We're not talking about tips and tools. I know some of you have heard this stuff in the corporate world even. We're not talking about manipulation. We're talking about actually stepping in and engaging your heart with people to love them well. Amen? I understand. Wow, that must feel dot, dot, dot. Amen? All right. All right, we're going to land the plane here. Um, one uh, caveat that I have, when not to empathize, um, I don't tend to empathize with people when I am uh, on altar ministry and people are coming up for prayer, um, unless Holy Spirit's leading, unless it's just like, oh man, they've felt really alone in this and like they need some empathy right now. But for the most part, when someone's coming up and it's like they, they want to see cancer healed, um, I'm not going to sit and empathize with them and draw out all the pain and, and make this problem really big before we bring the atmosphere of heaven. Does this make sense? So I'm coming with the atmosphere of heaven. They're coming because they want healing, right? So when they come for healing, I'm bringing the atmosphere of heaven. I'm like, this is what God's about to do. Does this make sense? Um, so that's, that's a time that I don't empathize. Another time that you do not need to empathize is when there's blatant ma- manipulation. If someone's crying crocodile tears, don't bother. It's just, there's no, there's no point in that. That's when, when someone's being manipulative for me to empathize with that would then make me play a game. I don't want to play. Does that make sense? Amen. All right. So, um, who would like an upgrade in this area? Stand to your feet. Yay, Jesus. All right. (laughs) Jesus told me in my prayer time that he was sending upgrades in this area. Um, So just put your hands out in front of you and uh, just receive from him. Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, that you are imparting new levels, God, new levels and upgrades in the area of empathy, in the area of loving well, in the area of being able to feel and express our own hearts, as well as to step into other people's pain and emotions and to help them express as well, God, inviting you in this process, God. And I just thank you so much for what you're doing supernaturally, Lord, that you're imparting an ability to feel, that you're imparting an ability to even discern in the moment what's needed and who the listener is, God. I thank you that you're downloading higher levels of love and understanding into one of each and every one of us, God, that you will check us before we get defensive, that you will remind us of who we are in you, that you'll remind us of our identity, and that you would create us to be even more powerful um, lovers in this place, God. And we just thank you so much for it, Jesus. And I thank you for the strategic that things that you have for those that are called to leadership in this generation. I thank you, God, that you are turning things around, Father, that you're bringing greater influence, that you are bringing greater safety and trust, Lord, that people are going to have even greater levels of influence open up to them, Lord, because they are loving so well. And I just thank you so much. I receive it too. And I just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.